Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello and a welcome to the podcast. Girl, Janice is in the house. <laughs> Thank you, Erica. So excited to be here. Okay, so real talk, we tried to do this before and I lost the recording and I cried because it was so damn good. So today <laughs> we have all the backup, right? Because you just brought the heat and I know that you always bring the heat. And this is this is the reason we fell in love with each other on Instagram. I was like, eres fuego, yo soy fuego, somos fuego, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to try to bring the heat around too, okay? <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. So freaking I love you. I met you and I was like, I love you. You are just like a soul spirit sister from another mister. Um, I would love for you to tell the people who maybe haven't heard of you, even though we've been sharing a lot on social media, where are you? Pay attention, y'all. <laughs> Uh, tell me about what you do and the work that you're about. Yes. So I like to call myself an accidental entrepreneur above all else. Um, I was not planning on having a business. I was not planning on being financially independent in my 30s, but here we are. And so I am a personal finance podcaster, creator of Yo Quiero Dinero. It is the leading personal finance podcast for Latinas. I just found that word top. 100 investing podcast like on apple i'm like what oh, who's listening to this god <sighs> yes and on top of that i am a speaker writer about to hopefully publish a book and i'm really just out here you know preaching the gospel of money and really giving latinas permission to get the bag because mm. i don't know about you but i didn't learn shit about money until I was an adult and floundering. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I want to cut that cycle for us. I really want us to empower ourselves with the knowledge that, frankly, a lot of other communities get as yeah. a default and we don't. So that's my mission. That's what I do. God, see, round two is way better. I can't believe you didn't write a book. I just signed uh, an agreement with a literary agent. So oh I'm like, yo, God. I'm channeling the book deal energy this year. Vamos a ver. I'm sending you like all the Puerto Rican happy vibes from down under. This is huge. You know why I love you as well? Because you get to see like we watch people on social media and, and we're not we talked about this before. We're not really reflected out there in the world. I see like I love Marie Forleo and Tony Robbins and all these people. But it's like I don't see myself. You know, I don't see someone that yes. looks like oh, wait, we got Cardi B. We got J-Lo. But like that's not it. You know, like we're trying to talk about business, making money and making an impact and I, I love how much you showcase, you share so much on your social media and your blog. Um, take us back to how this started, because you talk a lot about passive income. And I know all the questions you get are like, how do you do this? How do you start this? Like, what was the journey of where you were to get to where you are now? Tell us that. 
<laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm just going to warn you all. It is not a linear path. And for most <laughs> entrepreneurs, it's absolutely not. So, uh, you know, when you hear my story, you'll be like, girl, how the hell did you get here? And I ask myself that all the time. So I am the first of two children, first generation Latina. My parents are from Puerto Rico. They are freaking high school sweethearts. So cute. I'm like, y'all need to be on Lifetime with your own like miniseries. So cute. And uh, they came here to the mainland in the 1980s. My father is a military veteran. My mom is a high school graduate. She went to a technical school. She's a secretary, been doing that her whole life. My dad got an education thanks to the military. He didn't go to college, but a lot of the things that he learned enabled him to be at the forefront of the computer industry back when like that was not really a thing that was like in the early 90s. And so I will say that I did have the privilege of having my curiosities as a child fed by my father. My father is a genius and he can literally build a house from like, you know, toothpicks and duct tape. So (laughs) you can imagine growing up in that household. I was very much encouraged to be curious. And at the same time, I was very much told what a lot of Latinas are told, go to college, get a job. Mm. buy a house, get married, have the babies, all the things. Right. And so it was like this weird duality where I was really encouraged to think outside the box, but then I was also being told to conform to the box at the same time. Very confusing. And so I've always been naturally a good student. It was never something that I struggled with. And so I ended up getting a full scholarship to eventually become a doctor. That was the original plan y'all, because you know, what choices do we have? Engineer, lawyer, doctor. Like that's the freaking choices most of us are given, especially as first gen kids. And so I said, well, I like science. So I think I'll do the doctor thing. Ended up getting a scholarship, but lost the scholarship my senior year of college because the GPA requirements were so stringent that you couldn't get more than three C's, actually two C's in your whole four year undergraduate career. I ended up getting a third C. And I lost my scholarship. So I had to pay out of pocket for the last year of college. And the fact that I had to shell out like $30,000 for a year of school, I was like, fuck this. I'm Mm. not going to medical school (laughs) because paying for the undergrad degree was not part of this plan. And Lord knows if I end up going to medical school, I'm going to get into six figures worth of student loan debt. So I said, like, what am I going to do with this biology degree? Because if you know anybody in STEM, it's pretty much a default that you have to get a master's degree if you're going to do anything. And so my plan was, let me work in the industry. You know, I'll get whatever job I can get. And then eventually maybe I can find an employer who's going to pay for my master's degree and I'll continue to pursue my engineering career. So that's what I ended up doing. Instead of going to medical school, I went right into industry. I started working in biotechnology, pharmaceuticals. At one point I made like a career spin. And instead of that, I ended up working at L'Oreal, making cosmetics and sunscreens. Did you work at L'Oreal? Yes, I did. I, I worked, worked at L'Oreal, L'Oreal for too. a year. Oh my God. And it was fucking terrible. They're like the worst <laughs> employer I've ever had. Like it was like a literal modern day sweatshop, but I was working in a plant, right? So wow. I was working in a manufacturing plant. And then I ended up at Johnson & Johnson. That was actually my last employer before I left um, to do my own thing as an entrepreneur. But uh, so I found myself, you know, going down that checklist, right? Yeah. And I was fucking miserable, Okay. Like externally, 
I was like the pride and joy of my family. Oh my God, she's so successful. Look at her. She graduated from college, the first in our family. I ended up getting a master's degree from Johns Hopkins University. And externally, like everybody's like, yo girl, you like killing the game. But internally I was miserable. I'm like, I hate waking up in the mornings. Mm. I'm dragging myself to go to work. I'm being microaggressed every single day. The only Latina in the office, the only woman in the office, Wow. usually like 10 years younger than everybody else. And by the time I was 27, I was like, this can't be it. Like this cannot be the shit that I signed up for. Cause this is ghetto. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so 27 years old, I'm in the throes of a quarter life crisis. And I decide I need a separate identity outside of this corporate stuffy ass environment that I have, you know, unwillingly mm-hmm. fallen into. And I thought back to like, what do you love to do? What's that thing that you would do for free that brings you joy? And it was being in the kitchen. Been in the kitchen with my mom since I was 11. Uh, You know, if you know anything about Latino households, Puerto Rican households, like it's food and music. Like that's what we do. (laughs) Right. And so for me, the kitchen was always a place where I felt like I could embrace my culture. I could connect. I could create. And it really fed a side of me that was not being fed in my corporate career. And so I started a food blog, literally as a exercise in frustration and a creative outlet. And that food blog, nine years later, is now making six figures of passive income. Damn. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to just real quick. You had a whole damn life before what you do now. So if anybody yes. that follows you or listens to your podcast, like it's so crazy how we compare our, you know, chapter one to someone's chapter 30. And you literally had a whole life. Like I can really resonate with, I didn't go down that path because my grades were not C's. They were like F's and D's. <laughs> I was like, I got a D. Yes. Um, I can resonate though with the whole, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing the right thing. I'm meant to get married, I'm meant to have kids and and it sounds like it's something that's not just Latinas, but women, right? We get this this thing put on us. So yeah. you had a whole other life. How was that for you? Because being the only woman, like, obviously, you were smart. You were a trailblazer already for you to be in those rooms and in those roles. And there was no women and there was no women of color, no Latinas. Like, how was that, that Janice? Like, how was she? Was she tired? Was she exhausted? Like, how was she? She was very unsure of what the hell she was doing in the room. Mm. That imposter syndrome showed up every single day. Like I was just waiting for somebody to walk up to my desk and be like, I don't know why the fuck you work here because you're completely unqualified. You have no reason to be here. And, you know, being told things in performance reviews, like you're too aggressive or you are too demanding or the way that you speak is too, you know, intimidating to people. And it's just like, But the men here are doing the exact same shit. But because it's coming from a woman and I'm doing my job, all of a sudden it's the problem. Right. And so just like I had to compartmentalize myself and conform in a way that felt like I was living two separate lives. And that is mentally exhausting. And that's why by the time I was 27 years old, I was like ready to literally quit my job I wanted to go to culinary school and restart my career and be like, you know what? I made the wrong choice. I can't keep doing this. This career is literally going to kill me. It. 
That yeah. is so wild. I'm just thinking that there's people listening to this podcast now that are where you are, you know, in these rooms with people who look down upon them or, or say like you're too aggressive or you're too bossy or whatever it is. If you could speak to that person, obviously your whole life story is an example of what's possible. And I love that shit because we necessitamos eso. That's what we need. But what what's one thing that you would say to that version of you that, that could help you? Like now that you have hindsight, because there's people listening that are there now, like what's one thing that we could we could say to them? For me, it would be you need to stop trying to conform to a system that wasn't built for us. <laughs> you know, because I think so many of us feel like not only the personal obligation to do things that maybe people in our past generations of our family couldn't do, but it's almost yeah. like you should be grateful for being in these spaces. And I don't know about you, but I am grateful for being harassed at work. I'm not grateful mm -hmm. for being made to feel small at work. I am not grateful for being underpaid and overworked and given titles without the salary bump, you know, and all of that yeah. shit happened to me. And I realized mm. how, as time progressed, I lost more and more connection with my voice and what I actually wanted. And it wasn't until literally a mental health crisis where I'm like in the throes of anxiety in a psychiatrist's office, like, can you please prescribe me something? Because I cannot fucking get out of bed. Um, that I realized, you know what, if you continue down this path, you could reach a point of no return and something's got to give. Mm. It's like a breaking point, the wake up yep. call. Wow. Yeah. And I love that you asked yourself, like, what is it that I would love to do? Or what do I, what do I love doing? And I think so many people, you probably hear it too, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? I'm like, find some joy. Like, what do you love where you, where you feel good? Cause as you started doing the cooking, you were probably happier, feel, feeling more fulfilled, not feeling so stuffy. And then yeah. you created this, this blog, how beautiful cooking was your mom and your family involved in this? So this is something like, did they think it was just like a hobby or were they like, Oh, she's going to make this business. <laughs> no, my family has always just been like, Mija, what the hell are you doing? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've always cute. been like, inquieta. like, I just don't know how to yeah, sit yeah. down. Right. And it's just like, you always find some bullshit to do, but now <laughs> they're just like, Oh my God, there's so much pride, especially because I started leaning into my heritage and showing up, you mm. know, as a Puerto Rican And there's not a lot of Puerto Rican food bloggers who are like recreating the recipes of our abuelas and our, yeah. you know, our families. And I can tell you the messages that I get from people that are like, I haven't had this dish since my grandmother died or since my wow. aunt died. Like she's the only one who had this recipe and you are evoking memories in me that I thought I would never be able to experience again. And I'm mm. like, when the fuck do I get that kind of feedback at work? Like people yes. tell me I'm too aggressive. <laughs> like I can't be here doing this bullshit because it doesn't like, matter. You're like, my tortones made you cry? Oh my God. Right? And like meanwhile, this stupid white man is like fucking diminishing me into a little small nothing. I can't do this. Yes. Oh my God. I love you. Okay, so we're moving into food blog. Did you leave like your work or were you like, I'm going to keep both? Like where were you at in your mind with this? No. So ironically enough, and I think obviously, you know, this was a sign of the universe. I'm like, girl, yeah, I'm planting a seed here and I need you to pay attention. So six months after I started the food blog, I got fired for the first time and only time in my life. Uh -huh. And um, manifestation is real. I will say that because I would literally walk into work and be like, I fucking hate this place. I hope somebody fires me and gives me a severance package. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. <laughs> I got fired 
on the day of a like blizzard where there was going to be like five feet of snow. I got to work at nine o'clock. I had a weirdly scheduled meeting with HR. I'm like, well, this is an odd way to start the day. I've never really met with HR. So I get called into an office, told my position has been downsized. They just did some acquisition and merger with the company. And I have 30 minutes to pack my stuff. You know, so of course I'm in shock. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Is this really my life? Like, and of course, you know, the, um, the, what's the word? <laughs> You're just made to feel so small in those moments, yeah. right? My boss yeah. is literally over my shoulder, making sure I don't steal anything off my fucking desk while I pack mm. up the little bullshit on. And I'm just like, yo, I understand, you know, mm. I see what you're doing universe. You're trying to shock me into, you know, waking the fuck up because this is not it. So yeah. I got in my car, took me three hours to get home, sat on the couch, fucking cried because honestly, like I was like, yeah. what? People like me don't get fired. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and then I realized, wait a minute, bitch. Like, you got fired, but you got a $12,000 severance uh, check. So you don't actually need to go to work right away. This little thing that you've been starting, now you have all day to work on it. You could literally take three months off. Don't even rush back into the workforce. Focus on this. And wow. that's exactly what I did. So I took a class in a culinary school in New York City about food blogging, which was becoming a thing that now people were realizing you could create businesses out of Mm. people who now are like household names, like the pioneer woman, right? Ree Drummond, who's like all over the freaking map. She has a deal with, you know, uh, Walmart and she's a mogul. That was the beginnings of that industry. And so I took it was like an hour and a half long class. And I realized, like, wait a minute. If I do what I was taught here, I could turn this into a business. And that's honestly what I did. Those three months before I went back to work, that's how I ended up at L'Oreal. I was literally working 12 hours a day on that blog. I was studying everything I could about SEO, how to refine your content, how to create social media uh, stuff. You know, I was just like doing all the things I was cooking with every single pot and pan in my house, like just doing the most. I was posting like five, six times a day. Wow. I ended up going viral on Facebook back when that was a thing and you didn't have to pay for (laughs) Facebook ads. Uh, And my website started crashing from the traffic. And I was like getting brand sponsorships, people throwing money at me. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Wow. And so even though I had to go back to work, I never forgot. Like, this is the long-term plan. We ain't about to be out here getting exploited by corporate America for the rest of our lives. Mm. This is the spark that I needed in order for me to realize, like, this is the escape plan. I have to focus and commit to this. And even while I was working again, I was doing the shit on the side. I'd be working till 11 o'clock at night. And slowly but surely, $10,000 first year, $25,000 the next year, $46,000 the next year, $75,000 the next year, $144,000 last year. Okay. And it's like, yo, anybody who's out here trying to start a business and wondering like, why didn't you make six figures in two weeks? Cause it doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, what was that? What's that voice? Or what's that part of you? That's like, we're going to work till 11. I mean, first of all, I live in Australia and I know it's because you're American and Puerto Rican (laughs) girl. My husband, I'm American and I'm Puerto Rican and I'm from the hood. So I'm going to make this shit work. So I know that that's part one of the answer. But for someone who's not American, Puerto Rican from the hood, like that shit sounds like, ah, no, I'm going to get a job. No, hell no. I'm exhausted. I can't. I, I hear and I can hear that there's this like 
voice or there's this belief or there's this knowing or this drive in you that's like, girl, get your ass up. Let's go. What is that? Like, what is that driving force in you? Well, I will be 100% honest and say I'm a natural workaholic. I love to work. Like Mm. the act of creation for me is why I was born. That's honestly how Mm. I feel. Like it fuels me in a way that, you know, doing mundane shit in a cubicle, I just can't do it. That's just not my, that's just not my flavor. Right. And so it's, I would say that comes natural to me, but it's also when you are doing something that you truly care about that, Mm. you know, has meaning and value. And it's just like the shit that lights you up. You will fucking make it happen. Like my husband has a quote that says anything worth having and worth holding is never easily obtained. And it's true. Like we all get caught up in these, you know, get rich quick schemes and like, Oh, you know, my business didn't work. Cause like after six months I was still struggling. And I'm just like, Yo, the average business is not profitable for two to three years. So if you're not in this entrepreneurial game to make impact, don't even fucking bother because you're not going to make money in the beginning. It has to be something other than the money that fuels you, especially in the beginning when you're still figuring out what the hell you're doing. Yeah, I love that, too, because it is really like this. We think it should be easy. And it's like nothing that we want comes easy. And who told you, know, you that? I know. <laughs> like the TikTok says. Who? <laughs> and why? <laughs> and how did you? <laughs> do you be talking in TikToks? Because now I do. I can't even do it. I'm like, and then my students are like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, don't you watch reels? Like, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, it, it is really, you got to love it. And you got to have this, some kind of passion. It can't just be about money. It can't just be about likes or followers. And I think, you know, when we started, know around the same time or or years ago social media wasn't as big and as important as it is now and you know I don't know that we had so much competition coming up on the sidelines looking flashy but I feel now I don't know what I would be interested to see what you think but now that people have social media and they're looking and they're watching reels and they're on people's instagrams do you feel like there's more ability for distraction like they they just look to the side and they think that girl's making six figures even though she probably is not (laughs) She's probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think people definitely get caught up in the vanity metrics. And, you know, I know plenty of creators who have more followers than both of us and aren't making any money because they just yeah. don't have a, a plan. Right. And so I was monetizing my food. I just I still don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram with my food blog. Like, I don't care about social media because that's yeah. not how I make money there. And yeah. the same thing with Yo Quiero Dinero. Like, I started monetizing that with like three or four thousand followers. So this idea that you need to get to 10K followers or you need to have like, you know, $100,000 business to be successful. We don't. Nobody nobody mm-hmm. is doing that off the bat. And I think with this world that we live in of instant gratification, right? And the 60 second attention span, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has like the attention span of a fruit fly. It's Within like, yo, <laughs> the, <laughs> the longevity is, and the consistency that's what builds your business and your life. Like you have to be consistent when you're trying to do anything. You're trying to lose weight. You're trying to change your diet. You're trying to go vegan. You're trying to like save money for a house. You're trying to build generational wealth. Like that shit takes consistency and it's going to take sacrifice. And I think too many of us just get caught up in like, well, why is this happening right now? Have you really put in the work? Probably not. Mm, The work and the time. (laughs) It's, It's so true. It's so true. So now you have, so for the record, if you didn't hear that, that was just her food blog for the record. And there's many things going on. 
in Janice's life. So tell us, because I know you talk about passive and at the end, I want you to tell us what you have coming up. Cause I know so many of our listeners are going to be like, um, I want to do this. And for the record, anybody listening or watching this, like what I love about you is that it is doable. It's doable. It's not like you're some unicorn. You are a unicorn, but you know, like this unicorn poo that never exists and it's really hard to do and nobody else can do it because you're so whatever. You actually map it out and you teach like hundreds and thousands of people all the time on your social media, your podcast, how to actually make this a reality. So for the record, that was your food blog. What else is it that you are doing? And and can you talk to the idea of passive income? Because it became a buzzword like mindfulness, like mindset buzzword, but it's actually a freaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I found out about the concept of passive income around the time that I started learning how to monetize my blog. But I came to realize there's like a lot of different forms of passive income. The easiest, which is for most of us to access is the stock market. So Australia has a stock market. The US has a stock mm-hmm. market. Basically every major you know, industrialist country has a stock market. And the way that works is like you literally buy ownership in companies and they compensate you as a shareholder and they pay you for that. And it's just like, wait a minute, what? Like you mean my money can work for me without me doing anything? So this concept was reinforced for me when I found out about the financial independence retire early movement, which was right around the time that I had just bought a house because again, checking shit off the list of like Mm. things I need to do. And I was like, wait a minute, I just signed up for a $400,000 mortgage. And that means I have to keep working this fucking job that I hate. Why did I just do this? (laughs) So, you know, after buying the house, I'm Googling like, how do I quit working? And then I find out about this movement that started back in the days of the Great Recession, 2007, 2008, that people were just questioning this bullshit narrative that we're told around like, you work 45, 50 years, and then you hope hope to retire in your 60s if you're healthy, if you make it that long, right? And if you saved enough money, hopefully, that you don't end up having to live in poverty and social security. So I found out about this movement around 2017. And there's this whole group of people on the internet that I found out that are like reducing their expenses, increasing their income, investing the difference, and retiring in their 30s and their 40s. And I'm like, hold the fuck on. How did I not know this? Okay, because this is exactly what I've been trying to do my whole life. I've been trying to get the bag so I can get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all branded this? This is a name? Okay. Let me so join the crew. <laughs> I'm like, how come I didn't get that lesson? Okay. Um, and of course, you know, the movement was founded by white men, working in Silicon Valley, making two, $300,000 a year. And later like living off of $30,000 and eating rice and beans and whatever. And I was like, wait, that version sounds a little ghetto. Like I already did that in college. We're not going to do that again. And mm. it wasn't until I found out that women of color were doing this that I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually something that I can participate in too. I found a podcast called Journey to Launch by Jamila Souffrant. She's an amazing personal finance and financial independence uh, educator here in the States. And that was the first time I saw a black woman talking about financial independence. And that was the permission that I needed because Mm -hmm. she told me I had all the things I needed to actually make this happen. I had a six figure job at that point. I had access to investments. I had, you know, a relatively stable career where I knew I could take advantage of things like a pension 
of things like maxing out my 401k. I have a partner who I could, you know, rely on for income. And so that was the thing. That was the thing that sparked uh, my, what has now become my own personal finance brand. That's Yo Quiero Dinero. So, you know, in the process of learning about financial independence and, and money and passive income and investing and entrepreneurship, I wanted to find a voice. I wanted to find like, who's talking about this that's in the Latina community. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it. And I like to think that because of the way that my brain is wired as an engineer, I was trained to find problems and solve them. That's what we do. That's what we get paid to do. And so the problem, where the hell are the Latinas talking about money? The solution is the podcast. And so now the podcast is another six-figure business that I started in 2019. And again, didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Had no plans to monetize it. I just wanted a place where I could talk about this stuff. And people started listening. And then people started DMing me. And they're like, can you teach me what you're doing? And here we go. Here we go. Now I have another business. Unintentional. This is why I'm like accidental entrepreneurship, y'all. None of this shit was part of the plan. But it was really just about finding a place where I felt like I could show up and showing up consistently. And it sounds like you also created shit that didn't exist because it was a need. And I think so many times we get worried about, oh, no one's done this before. Who am I to do this? And I know that that self-doubt comes in for you. Tell us. Yes, you you get self-doubt. You get, right? Because people listen are like, she's so damn confident. Like the struggle yeah. is real. Okay. Um, when I launched Yo Quiero Dinero, that was April 2019. And yes, it was oh, named April. after the Cardi B and J-Lo song. Just so yes. you know, yo quiero, yo quiero, I actually quiero. started using that song in my um in my intro for the podcast until I realized, yo, I'm about to get sued. Like, let me go yeah. and do some other shit. Uh, because I don't have J-Lo money, right? <laughs> Not yet, not yet, not yet. Not Come yet. Um, so yeah, the, the podcast was inspired by the song. It was a shower moment. I know we talk about shower moments. It's like when the divine brilliance comes in. Uh, but I, I did a couple episodes and then I stopped. And I took like a couple months off because I was like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who cares about this? Why would anybody care about this? What, like, who the hell are you to be talking about this shit? And then January, 2020, I don't know. I was like, let me make a New Year's resolution. I'm just going to restart the podcast. I'm going to show up consistently. I'm going to release an episode every week. You know, we know what happened a couple months later. People were locked in their houses. They had nothing else to do. And people started tuning into my shit. But I also think it's also a fact that I started showing up consistently because people then began to expect me, right? They began to expect the episodes. They started to follow me on social because again, on social, showing up consistently, maybe too consistently. I was burning myself out. (laughs) But it's again, just like the doubt shows up, but you can take breaks, right? You can like take a step back, but also realize like if this was planted in your heart, you have an obligation to show up for it because you don't know like what the impact's going to be if you don't give yourself permission to see out that dream, that vision. Mm. And honestly, I'm like, yo, the best thing I did was just come back Mm. and fight through the imposter syndrome because this shit still shows up, okay? Mm. Even now. Mm. And you have up-leveled so much. I can't believe 2019. 2019 was a damn good year. I just want to say that. Go ahead and say that on the record. (laughs) (sighs) Pre-pandemic. I don't remember much about 2019. I feel like the past two years have like men in black my entire (laughs) 
pre-pandemic trauma the trauma like oh no uh, two years ago i don't know what i was doing <laughs> i don't know 19, we were killing it <laughs> yeah it's so it's so crazy because it hasn't been that long but again because of the consistency and you knowing who you're speaking to because you're talking to yourself right like who's been following you are women just like you and and i love that we talk a lot um whether you're in business or not like when you choose your market and you choose who you're talking to and you choose your group you are such a perfect example of this. Like I'm talking to Latinas. I'm talking to women of color. We're talking about making money. The blog is doing its thing as well, which is beautiful because that hand over there is rocking. And then you can be over here. And this, I feel like this has blown up. Like Yo Quiero Dinero is huge. You've been like on Telemundo, which is like the Spanish people's <laughs> Oprah. That shit is, that's huge. <laughs> so congratulations because that is Thank you. massive, massive. Like, thank you. It's wild. I don't even understand. And uh, this is all without a PR team. This is all organic. This is just literally showing up for a community that I think has been so used to being ignored. Yeah. And we're done. We're done with that shit. We're mm. not being quiet. No, callaita no more. Okay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, Bad Bunny. Ella no es callaita. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get Bad Bunny on your podcast. That's all. <laughs> Girl, wait a minute. I just got hit up by the Grammys to oh. do a financial literacy workshop. So I'm like, can we like make a collab happen with Bad Bunny? Because I will fucking die. Oh my like, God. Let's excuse me. What? <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. Okay, it's crazy. About this. That is huge. You heard it first. You heard it first. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, send your autograph request. No. <laughs> Shit. That's amazing. But honestly, it's like, it's big. Like you've put this out there. You believed in yourself. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about it. I don't want to be unhappy. It just sounds like when I hear your story, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. But no, I'm not. This is not going to be my life. I don't want to be unhappy. I'm listening. You know, the universe is poking you in the side and you're like, I feel it. I'm moving. And then it pokes you over there and then you're moving. And it's this continuous evolution that you've come to. And it's so funny because people think that there's a whole map. And I'm sure right now there's going to be an another up level for you and you might go in another direction. And it's like. You're happy to do it because you believe that at the end, it's kind of guiding you onto where it is that you need to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think honestly, at this point, I've just become receptive to the messages that I get. Yes. And I am not married to the idea of how something is supposed to happen. Mm. I think so many of us get caught up in like the checklist of life. Like we got a boom, 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 boom. If it didn't go just like this, somehow we failed. You know, yeah. somehow we disappointed someone if we decide to choose something different. And at this point, I'm like, yo, my word for 2022 was ease because oh for the past eight years, I've been busting my ass. OK, I quit my job last year and I said I've worked like a fucking savage. And 2022 was going to be the year where I don't stress about money. I'm going to let the universe just give me what I need. And it has given me that and then some. Mm. That was my word for 2021 is, but I kept it like I sewed it into my life because I'm a crazy, mm. so uh, y'all know I'm a crazy. And I was like, you I work twice as hard as I do this. <laughs> no, I don't girl, know how you do it. We, we just be, we just be, we just be on fire. We crazy. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And like, it's been beautiful. Maybe your partner, or your husband's like this. It's been beautiful to see like, yes, great to have these big ass crazy ideas. And I think this is another thing of women. We're like big visionaries. And then maybe small detail, but the part in between the operations of how that shit's going to work without killing you, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like that's important, y'all. Like we need to workshop that thing. So 
And I and I, I love seeing your evolution and you share it so openly on, on social media, on your podcast. And it's beautiful to watch. Like, I think there's so many people have a shame for having a job and doing their business and doing their business because they're not really air quotes an entrepreneur. It's like, no, that shit is smart. That is humble. Like that is smart and humble for you to work. I was working at L'Oreal as a side hustle, um, <laughs> doing my thing, getting paid whatever I was hourly fee just to keep my shit good. So if anybody's out there and they're working and they have this dream that they're stepping into, what advice could you give them? You know, get ready to work. Like, I feel like enough people don't actually keep shit real with like how much effort it takes to create something that you're birthing from scratch, right? Like there's no blueprint, especially if you are the first entrepreneur in your family like ain't nobody out here to, to ask advice for. I talk yeah. to people like you, Erica, because I'm like, I don't know the fuck I'm what doing. Do do? Um, <laughs> right? So it's just like, know that the lift will be heavy, but mm. I would rather live knowing that I fucking did everything that I said I was going to do rather than living a life of regret where I'm just like, damn, what, what could I have done? Right? Mm. At this point, the regret is scarier to me than the failure. Damn, I wish I had the horns. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> that shit. That shit. That is so good. That is so good. So if you needed that loving bitch slap that Jenny's just gave you, you're welcome. Just as a reminder, because we do, we get bogged down, we get full on, we get exhausted. We're like, oh, what's the point? But you're so right. Like, we're all going to die. That's a guaranteed. That's a money back guarantee. Your ass is going to die. <laughs> and the people who you give a shit about what they think of you, they're going to die. <laughs> your family's going to die. I know that's morbid, but we all going to go down. So, the regret is huge. And if you feel your heartstrings as you listen to Janice's story and what she's created and what she continues to create with the book and the podcast and more upcoming stuff, like you could have this too. And that's what I love is like, this is not some hype thing that, you know, you look at celebrities and you're like, how the hell did you get on the red carpet? That feels like such a journey. And it's so, when you listen, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to like lit, watch J-Lo. I used to think me and J-Lo were in direct competition when I would watch her <laughs> music videos. I'm like, mm, no, she didn't. And I was like 12 years old. And she would get on that mic at the Grammys and people would be like, what advice do you have for young girls who want to, she went, just follow your dreams. And I'm like, bitch, give me a phone number. Give me like somebody's email. Is there someone you can connect me to? Like, Give me the steps and the path, like hook me up, like introduce me to someone. Yo, you know, what I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because especially as trailblazers, you know, I, I, I still have an issue like embracing the, I guess the impact of what I'm doing. Cause I just feel like I'm a normal person. I'm just yeah. out here really living <laughs> in my purpose, but if y'all care about it too, that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also feel like we have an obligation to open up those doors, yeah. you know, because they have not been accessible to us in the past. And so, you know, I am happy to give advice. I'm happy to connect you with resources. Like I feel it is a grassroots movement that we're building in our communities, whether that's, you know, as entrepreneurs, as first-generation investors, as women. And I also think when I reflect on my heritage, right, my grandmothers who got married out of survival. They needed to rely on men for literal survival. Even someone like my mom, who comes from a generation where when she was born, she couldn't have a credit card. She couldn't get a bank loan without a husband. She couldn't have a line of credit to start a business. Like when you think about how much 
has been sacrificed, it's almost like, yo, we have to do this for all Mm. the ones who couldn't. Yeah. So whether you're doubting yourself or you're feeling like, you know, I can't do this, bitch, yes, you can, because other people literally could not. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago that we did not have options as women. So let's get the fuck together. Honestly, Mm -hmm. like we have to do this because we are the first generation of women that has the world at our disposal and we must blaze the path that has not existed so that 10 years, 50 years, a hundred years, a thousand years from now, what we're doing is not unique. It's Mm. the default of what our community does. Yeah. And it's so important too, because one of the things that segues into this perfectly is like when you are starting to blaze a trail that maybe that shit was nothing or your family's never seen that or like for yourself, like, yo, I told, I don't even tell my mom how much money I make. Like if I, if I send my mom a thousand dollars, she's like, Ay, Erika, oh, Dios mío, tú bien. ¿Tú que yo te mande para I'm like, mom, it's a thousand dollars, yo, like right. relax. She just, it's like, you're a billionaire. She's like, I can't believe this. It's too much. And it's a beautiful idea because those of us that haven't had that, those of us that have had families like yours, like mine, where the first one to go to college, first one to make a business, first one to make six figures, whatever that is, just keep in mind that your family in your pocket or behind your back or on the sides are going to be like, no, don't do that. Oh my God, that's dangerous. That's scary. Holy shit. So you might be first generation and you might have the world at your feet, but like you also got your grandma at your ear and your mom being like, no, so don't do that. That's dangerous. Um, it's risky. How do we, how did you, and how can we, those of us that are there, be sure to have the world at our feet and do that because we can, but then also battle that, that family shit that we have to deal with at times. Yo, the struggle is real. I'm so (laughs) glad that you brought that up because, you know, I have a very close knit relationship with my mom and she, as many Latina mothers was super entrometida in my life. Like (laughs) she needed an opinion on all the decisions, right? Like, where are we going to school? Where are you going to study? All these things, where are you going to live? Um, and so I started feeling like I was living their version, my parents' mm. version of what the American dream was. And realizing that that wasn't my dream caused me a lot of internal conflict. I was like, yo, how am I going to be this ungrateful ass child that like literally went to college, <laughs> got another fucking degree after that, like <sighs> first woman in my family to earn six figures. And I'm going to come out of face and tell these people, Mira, yo no quiero esto. Like, I I this. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, yo, how do you reconcile with that? Yeah. And I will tell you, the shit is hard. It's hard. Um, it's a process to get to a place where you start listening to your voice more than the voice of others. And I think it was a realization of a couple things. So my mom is a two-time cancer survivor. Wow. The first time that happened, 2017, that was a wake-up call that I needed. Like, yo, life is short. What the fuck am I doing out here? Like, not living the best version of my life. Mm. And just seeing that, I think, was enough for me to realize, you know what? They might be upset at me. At some point when I say, you know, I'm quitting my job. Um, My mom didn't talk to me for like two weeks after I decided that I was moving to Florida because that was part of my plan to, you know, pay off debt and go somewhere that the cost of living was lower. And uh, when I told my dad I was quitting, 
He's like, Miha, why don't you just do both? And I'm like, Dad, do you know I'm working like 70 hours a week doing the fucking businesses and my job? Like, I'm going to die. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, what, what eventually helped convince them was the fact that I'm still okay. Like, the bills are paid. I'm good. But you also have to trust yourself and know that nobody else needs to understand the journey. It's not for them to go on, right? Like, it's not their life to live. And uh, the sooner that we decide that the opinions of others, the judgment of others is not actually relevant to what you're doing, the faster you can make the decisions that are purely aligned with what you need and what you want versus what everybody else wants for you. People cannot understand a journey that they're not personally on. So stop trying to convince your family and your friends that what you're doing makes fucking sense. It just has to make sense to you. As long as you have the plan, they can be stressed out. Maybe don't tell everybody about what you're doing either. You know, you, you got some gossiping yeah. cousins. You got some tias who got like the mal de ojo that they're always like shitting on your plans. Don't tell them. Nobody needs to know your business. It's your life. <laughs> oh, my God. Why is it like you're talking about my family? <laughs> oh, my God. Nathie, I <laughs> got know, like, we all got those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. It's, it's so funny, too, because I think as you do, and obviously you've done a lot of work on yourself, and we highly recommend that you work on your mindset. Okay, mofos? Because none of this shit's just going to come out of your butt when you are born. Like, oh, who gives a shit? You know, like, no te va a salir del culo. You have to go and try to figure this shit out, right? Like, question your thoughts, do the work on you, heal your shit. The important thing, too, that you said I love is, like, you don't have to have them want, like, you don't have to have them believe in what you want. And they're not gonna, like, if your mom is 50 or 60, and from whatever freaking country you're from, how are they going to even understand they don't even know what the hell instagram is our mothers are on facebook taking selfies of their food and they're bloody they look crazy i'm like ma don't put those photos on facebook yo like (laughs) these giffies and shit i'm like oh my god they're not gonna get it (laughs) they're not gonna get it and they don't have to get it yeah and consider that too like some of us use as an excuse why we won't do it it's like don't look for a reason not to do it because you will find a million reasons not to do it You will look out into the world. You will look at your mom and your kids and your family and be like, oh, my God, I can't do it. The juggle like I love and I and I know you do this as well. I love looking for people who have done it. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. that's all I look for is who's done this, who's had a fucked up situation and turned it into gold. Who's also had trauma? Who's also lost all their money? Who's also been in debt? Like, look, look for that and you'll find that just as you find ways not to do shit. It's like so many people look at what you're doing, like you're creating this incredible vampire okay it's not just one business you have multiple businesses and now you're teaching people tell us about that let's talk about what you're doing and how people that are listening can be like work with you and learn from you yes so like i said this was never part of the plan but when you start talking about what you've actually accomplished people start sliding your dms and they're like here's (laughs) money please teach me and that's honestly how my coaching business started i would get dms from people like when i would talk about my you know my blogging journey and making this much money and passive income and investing and reaching financial independence. People are like, yo, I want to do the same thing. I'm tired of this fucking cubicle life. I wanted more time with my friends, my family, my kids. I want to have the freedom and flexibility to live life on my terms instead of being chained to debt, being chained to a job. Mm. And so I started money coaching. I was literally sitting down with people. I think I started like charging like $30 for an hour. You know, my brain was like, wow, that's a lot of money. That's like amazing. People want to talk to me. 
And then I started getting uh, brands reaching out to me and be like, can you do speaking engagements? I'm like, I have a fucking phobia of speaking. Why do you want me to do this? This is ridiculous. But okay, I guess so. You're going to pay me. Right. And it's just like, it started from there. I started getting media brands to reach out and be like, hey, can you write an article about what you're doing? I'm like, okay. And it grows from there. So I now I have group programs to learn how to blog. And I've packed all of my nine years of experience into a framework that I'm like, yo, I wish I had had this shit because I probably would have started making money a lot faster. Yeah, <laughs> And I also have a program for people who know that the entrepreneur life is for them, but they just don't know how to start. And I help them find out what their secret sauce is, build that into a business that eventually you can scale to quit your full-time job. Right. And so I have two, those two programs. I just started a business accelerator six month program that's one on one for people who have already started making money in their side hustles, but really want a long term coach that's going to help them scale their business, help them quit their jobs. And so I do a lot of shit, y'all. Um, so I would say if you want to find out more, yeah. <laughs> check me out on Instagram or wherever you hang out on social media because I'm really out here doing the most for no reason. Check out and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Yes, we're going to put all of this info, this incredible info in the show notes. I have one other question for you that I think you just said it and I was like, oh shit, we didn't talk about that. And it just sticks out so much. The importance of talking about money as a woman, as a woman of color, the importance of talking about numbers. If you follow Janice on Instagram and I love it, I fucking love seeing it. I froth. I'm like, yes. The numbers, the dollars, the charts and shit. She shares a lot about her financial journey. And I only started doing that, I think, maybe eight months or nine months after we did what we did. And I think it's fucking important, right? right. And so many people that make a lot of money or women that are just starting out get scared to do that or they get triggered. Can you speak to the importance of women talking about how much money they make or want? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really about we go back to this idea of representation, right? If you don't know any six-figure Latin entrepreneurs, how the hell are you going to even believe that you are capable of that, mm. right? So it, for me, it's not about vanity. It's not about like, oh, look at me. Look, I'm so fucking cool. Um, I honestly don't give a shit if you know how much money I make. I think that's like, you know, TMI in some ways. And I'm like, I might get to a point where it's just like a safety threat at some point. But, um, you know, I think it's honestly, it's about representation. Like we have to know what's possible. And how do you know what's possible? How do you know that Latinas can become millionaires if you don't see them? Mm. How do you know that a Latina can create a six, seven figure business if you don't see them? How do you know that a Latina can create generational wealth by being a stock investor or a real estate investor or buying cryptocurrency or NFTs? If we don't see women like us doing it, it's not going to happen. And so you have, I almost have like an uh, another, it's a sense of duty, right? To mm. open up our minds to what is possible and normalize that. Yes. Latinas can get the bag. Like it's not just for a, spe a specific community. Latinas can be bloggers. Latinas can be entrepreneurs. Latinas can be speakers and thought leaders and authors and all of this shit. So I share everything I'm doing because I want y'all to know, like we can do this. This is mm -hmm. also out there for us, but we first have to feel worthy enough to pursue the things that we're called to do and stop falling, hold on, let me turn that off. And just stop falling into the narrative that we must remain small, that our voices are mm. not important, that 
No one cares what we have to say. We need more voices. We need more permission. We need more guidance and we need more representation in these spaces so that we're not the weird unicorns who are like, oh, look at them. They're just doing this shit. Like it's natural and normal for us to have these conversations. Yes. And we're not just like, just believe in your dreams. No offense, JLo, but give me some shit. We want to tell you how we're doing it. And I right. love it. Let's love get the it. framework safe because yes. uh, I know us? you have some friends. Put your hookup at Sony though. Can you just send that to me? No. <laughs> right. For real, how though. do I email you at New York Weekend Films yes. or whatever yes. that production <laughs> watching the credits at the end like is that her email <laughs> i love you because you do you pave a way and you and you give a rope you give a lot of ropes out of like here do this try this and even if even if just and I, this is the same for us like we're the same in this aspect of like even if you never give us a dollar if you follow us on social media if you listen to the podcast if you watch the youtubes if you if you consume the content and you're that hungry to actually do this and you don't have the wealth to do it yet you could get so much value from following Janice and, and everything that she shares and everything she talks about. And then when you are ready, you know where to put it. Like, you know, who, who can work with you and mentor you. So it's, there's no excuse Yo, now. I have had people who send me DMs about, I quit my job because your podcast, your free podcast gave me wow. enough information for me to fucking. Okay. So I've had people literally send me DMs that the podcast was enough for them to put in frameworks to quit their fucking jobs. Okay. So I'm like, yo, imagínate. We're giving out so much free game and you've been a guest on the podcast. I have so many incredible guests and there's so many people who are sharing gems around paying off debt, how to start investing, how to start your business, like so much content that is like, it's not fluff. People are literally walking through their processes of how they've created what they have created. And so if people can get that type of info from the podcast, just imagine what it's like to work with me. I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> Click below. Click down now. <laughs> I love it. And also, too, if you are a Latina woman of color, hello, like support, like show some love, show some support. I would rather, you know, in our sisterhood program, I, we have a post where we be sharing our businesses. It's like if you're going to buy, buy from the community, like support one another, you know, like this is how we help each other. This is how there's a community here in Australia of Jewish people. And they like a little town like New York City. And they have like oh, they're yeah. so like old school, the whole how they dress. And I love driving through there because you could see they support each other so much. And it's like when I look out to my community, I'm like, how can I support a woman of color business? You know, and it's it's a thoughtful, caring thing because you're helping another woman rise. You're helping another person in your community. So if you are going to buy, buy local. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Janice, I love you. You are such a freaking boss. I'm so grateful to your mom and dad for having you. I'm so grateful. I'll let them know. <laughs> yeah, tell them, Erica said thank you. No, your mom is so cute. Um, And you know, I love you. I love your sister, your family, what you guys are doing. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to watch you because you take us on the journey. And it's so nice to feel like everybody in your community is a part of it. And it's about all of us, not just you. So I love you. Thank you so damn much. And I'm pumped for all the amazing shit. Maybe 2023, Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny will open for us. Who knows? <laughs> Thank you, Erica. I think your the work that you do is so important. And I talk about you all the time because honestly, like we need more women in our community who are 
giving us permission to level up in all areas of life. And the work that you do is so, so valuable. So thank you. I love you. You've helped me so much, honey. Like to get back to my roots over here in Australia by myself with two Puerto Rican people in this country. So honestly, (laughs) like I see you and I'm like, I need to come to Florida. (laughs) I love you. Uh, Everybody click the link in the show notes. Follow Janice. If you loved this episode or you loved watching this on YouTube, make sure you tag us. Let us know what you got from this. There were so many gems that you dropped, so many nuggets, some chicken nuggets with adobo that you dropped into this podcast. So please let us know. We'd love to know. We'd love for you to share it. We're very active on social media and we will reply to you. Okay. So uh, thank you, Janice. We love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.